and A to Z of the Holy Land, from Arab to Zion, with Ed Kessler, Founder Director of the Wolf Institute. Episode 2, B for Balfour. His Majesty's Government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. It's been clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. 2nd November 1917, Foreign Secretary Arthur J. Balfour. In these few words, 67 in total, the Foreign Secretary publicly declared the support of the British government for the Jewish claim to a national home in Palestine. The term national home has generated multiple and conflicting interpretations. The Balfour Declaration consisted of a short letter to Lord Rothschild and gained international legal status when it was incorporated into the provisions for the British Palestine Mandate in 1922. An intersection of religion and politics led to the declaration. The Prime Minister Lloyd George was a Welsh Baptist with deep biblical roots who wrote, I was taught far more about the history of the Jews than the history of my own people. Balfour likewise was raised with an intimate knowledge of the geography of the Holy Land due to a Scottish Presbyterian upbringing. The influential Zionist, Heim Weizmann, acknowledged the importance of British statesmen who, he said, believed in the Bible, that to them the return of the Jewish people to Palestine was a reality, so that we Zionists represented to them a great tradition for which they had an enormous respect. From the 17th century onwards, a strand of Protestant thinking called for Jewish restoration in the Holy Land, and in 1840, Lord Shaftesbury placed an advert in the Times of London, calling on Protestant monarchs to help Jews travel to Palestine. William Hechler, Chaplain to the British Embassy in Vienna introduced the founder of Zionism, Theodore Herzl, to Kaiser Wilhelm II and to Otto von Bismarck in an attempt to attract German support. Although it's an error to understand the Declaration solely in terms of religion, Christian theology reinforced an imperial desire to control Palestine and helps explain why Britain set aside the interests of the Arab inhabitants, who in 1917 made up around 90% of the population. Although the British hoped the declaration would intensify the commitment of Russia to the Allies, because of Russian Jewish support of Zionism, the broader context was the entry of the United States into the First World War in the spring of 1917. However, there was opposition from Americans who maintained the traditional position that the US must not become involved in European conflicts, as well as from German immigrants who sympathized with Imperial Germany. These opponents were joined by many Jews from Russia who were unenthusiastic about going to war alongside the Tsarist regime they'd escaped from. One goal of the declaration, therefore, was to reduce the opposition of the American Jewish community to entering the war. Palestine also provided Britain a direct path to the Suez Canal, as well as a gateway to India. One might say, somewhat cynically, that Zionism was used to secure Palestine for Britain almost as much as it was for the Jewish people. According to Weizmann, Zionism wasn't just common interest, but British interest. The importance of the Declaration was not its publication in 1917, but in the political agreements after the war ended and 
after the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. The boundaries delineated in the Sykes-Picot Agreement of 1916 left much unclear, leading to a struggle between Britain and France. At the San Remo Conference in 1920, the Allies decided the future of the Ottoman territories and transferred Palestine to British rule, using a new form of government, the Mandate. The mandatory system sought to move new countries, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq and Palestine, towards independence. But for Palestine, the League of Nations determined special arrangements and the principles of the Balfour Declaration were included in the mandate. Consequently, Britain sought to achieve the impossible, to advance the building of a national home for Jews in Palestine without harming the rights of the Arab population. While I was with the Arabs, I wished only to live as they lived. And now that I have left them, I would gladly think that nothing in their lives was altered by my coming. Regretfully, however, I've come to realize that the maps I made helped others with more material aims to visit and corrupt a people whose spirit once lit the desert like a flame. Wilfred Thesiger, Arabian Sands Ultimately, the British came out as losers on both counts. According to Anthony Parsons, UK ambassador to Iran in 1974-79, Britain was responsible for the tragedy of Palestine, the cause of much war, suffering and the displacement of peoples. The Balfour Declaration in both its parts, promising a Jewish homeland and protecting the interests of Arab residents of Palestine, was not capable of implementation. An Arab Muslim merchant cleans and prepares his store while listening to a recording of a Quranic recitation. The Palestinian-American academic Edward Said said, The declaration was made by a European power about a non-European territory in a flat disregard of both the presence and wishes of the native majority resident in that territory. It was seen by Arabs then and still today as the precursor to the 1948 Palestinian Nakba when 750,000 Palestinians lost their home. There is little doubt that the declaration and British mandate created the conditions for the Jewish minority to gain superiority in the Holy Land and build a state for themselves at the expense of Palestinian Arabs. Among the anti-Zionists were some Anglo-Jewish leaders such as Claude Montefiore, founder of Liberal Judaism, and Cabinet Minister Edwin Montague. Weizmann papered over divisions within the Jewish community, encouraging the British government to believe that the vast majority of Jews were fully behind Zionist endeavours. Although the British also encouraged Arab nationalism and later revised its position promising land to Arabs, consistent with a strategy of making promises to both sides. From an Arab perspective, the mandate was a thinly veiled form of colonialism and occupation. Indeed, a close reader of the declaration will notice that it made no mention of Arabs, just non-Jewish communities, no mention of their political rights, only religious and civil rights. From the start of the mandate, Jewish immigration grew and by 1935 its population rose to 27% of the total.
hostile Arab reaction led to a three-year revolt between 1936-9 and the rivalry of two types of nationalism, Jewish and Arab, was set in motion and has continued to this day. Swifts returning to nest near the Western Wall 